0: Hello, and welcome to Revolution 22's teaching podcast. We are a church from the downtown area in Boise, Idaho. Thank you for joining us today and hearing this week's sermon. We pray that God's word will be received and will bear fruit in your life. Good morning. My name is Danny, and I am one of the pastors here. And so uh, thank you for all all allowing me to be here. For those that I haven't had an opportunity to to meet or see, I was on sabbatical starting in this last January. So uh, all of us elders decided together that that I was due for about a three to four months sabbatical. And so uh, that went through April. And then, you know, obviously we've kind of been where we've been. So for those of you, I have not had an opportunity to meet. That is why. But during that time... The Lord was really pressing on me about the topic of uh, Sabbath and Sabbath rest. And so I get to kind of talk to you guys about that today. So let's go ahead and open in prayer. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for uh, your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for uh, giving yourself for us. Lord, that we could be in right relationship with you. Lord, we ask that our hearts be softened and that we would um, grow in the knowledge of who you are. And Lord, that our hearts would grow and be changed uh, into more of your likeness and less of our own likeness. Lord, we ask that anything that is said, Lord, that is not of you, Lord, would be discarded. Lord, and um, everything that is of you, Lord, would be communicated no matter what is said, and that would be heard and it would fall on soft hearts. And Lord, we would not walk away from your scripture today forgetting what it is that we were convicted of, Lord, but instead we would remember and be doers of the word. In your holy, precious name, amen. So we're gonna dig into the Sabbath. There's a lot to be said here. This is actually, you know, Danny uh, Pellegrini made a comment. He said, gosh, this is something that the Lord's been working on your heart for coming up on 10 years, really. And he's right. This is something really that has been growing in my heart and has really started to finally take root in the past six to nine months here. But we're going to start here, and I'm going to be bouncing around to a lot of different scriptures, so if you can't keep up in that, then that's okay. I'll try to give you as many slides as I can, but we'll just kind of dig in here. It starts with the Ten Commandments, having a Sabbath rest. The Sabbath in the Hebrew means to stop. To stop worrying, to stop working, to stop doing. Just stop. It's just me. It's just to stop there's two commandments or there's at least there's the commandment in exodus and then it's reiterated there in deuteronomy and we'll do both there's some nuanced difference between the two of those that we will not go into but i would encourage you guys to go into those at some point exodus 28 through 11 remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but on the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son, or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or your sojourner, who is within your gates, for in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. And there in Deuteronomy five, twelve through fifteen. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your ox or your donkey, or any other livestock, or the sojourner within your gates, that your Your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you do. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty outstretched hand. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now, like I said, there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of differences between those two that would be super rich if you have a time at some point to dig through that. Super rich to work through that and see the differences and, and why there are differences there. But I reiterated them because they're in essence the made the big point is that it was reiterated that God saw it fit to say it twice. And so and that's why we did that here today. So the command is rooted in the command to take a Sabbath rest is to is rooted in creation. Now that's important because that's a pre-sin entering the world commandment and anytime there's a pre-sin entering the world commandment we should take special attention to it because that in a lot of ways tells us what what it's supposed to be after Christ has come and redeemed us because we're now living in in light of eternity and so since that is a pre sin entering the world commandment example I guess it's probably a better way to say that is pre sin entering the world command uh, uh, example then what we see is that two things. One is that there was work in the garden and that there we were supposed to work. And second is that we were also supposed to rest. And that's what God did. Now, did God rest because he somehow was exhausted from all that he did? He could not possibly continue to create any further because he just was worn out. And I think we can safely say that that's not true. Now, is it possible... That he stopped and rested because he ran out of creative juices. That there was nothing more that he could create. He thought of everything that he could possibly think of and then he created it. And then he's like, "Ah, oh, man, there's nothing else. And I don't think that's true either. And I think what is true is, is that there's almost a sense that he rested. Just like you cook a th- turkey on Thanksgiving and you cook it and everything kind of comes together And then you pull it out and you let it rest. And it's almost like he allowed creation itself to rest. That if he had kept creating, it's almost as though, and I don't know this for certain, the scripture doesn't say this, but there's a sense that if he had kept going, that creation itself could not have contained it. But it's an opportunity where that you can step back and God himself step back and say, look what I did. Look at that. Man, that is good. And to us who are undeserving of that kind of praise, that seems self-centered, but he is very deserving of that kind of praise. And so it is rightful for him to step back and say, man, look at that. Like, that was good. And so we have today, you know, this isn't exhaustive, but there are a couple different responses, four different responses that I wanted to dig into of how we look at the Sabbath day of rest, that how do we look at it today? And what is our propensity? And as I go through this, I'd ask you guys to just think about and ask yourselves, what areas do you fall into these at different times? The first one is that we have a tendency to deplore it. Now, when we I say deplore it, deplore the Sabbath day of rest. What I mean is that you say, I can do this. I got this. I'll rest when I'm dead. I don't need rest. Now I get it. If you guys need rest, I understand if you're weak enough to need that, but I don't need that. Now that last one is something that I have said almost verbatim, you know, like that's, that's a, an area of my heart in which I have a tendency to deplore it, or I have a tendency to look at a day of rest as something that with disdain, How could you need that? I mean, I guess if you, how you might, I don't need that. And the Rome, that's not new. The Romans looked at other places, including especially the Jews, where they would take a day of rest and they say, you cannot possibly conquer the world if you rest one day. How are you going to conquer the world if you do that? There's no way to do that. You've got to push through every day. And we have a tendency today to look at things economically that way or financially that We'll push through and it's like there's no we'll get ahead. We'll push through and we're gonna make it happen. And so that's a way in which we look at at it and deplore it. The next one is, is that we have a tendency to ignore it. I get it theoretically, I understand it, but I've got kids to feed, I've got mouths to feed, I've got bread to get on the table. And the scripture has an example of that as well, where the as the Israelites were in the wilderness, they would move through the wilderness and it says that they were, they'd go out to get food, they'd go get bread or manna, and they'd go out and they were told to not get more than what they needed. And if they did, it molded. And if they went out on the seventh day, there wouldn't be any out there. And so we have a tendency to do that too, where you know what, just for this season of life, I'm going to push through. You know, it's just a small period of time. It's just a season where I've got to push through for a moment. Now, that season for me lasted about 10 years where I wrongfully looked at the business that the Lord has entrusted to us and said, you know what? This is a seasonal business. We're going to push through. We're going to work seven days a week, and then we get winters to rest. And I felt as though I was meeting this with that kind of rhythm. And I also would sin in the way of not allowing the people in my employ to rest either. So maybe I, I kind of got myself into a spot where it was like, okay, we work, not one person is working seven days a week, but the business itself operates seven days a week. And I think that I was wrong in that too. Now you see this also play out. This is an interesting verse that I'd stumbled across and I wouldn't have looked at it in terms of Sabbath except that it talks about rest. And what it is, is Assyrians are coming in, this is in Isaiah, and the Assyrians are going to come and they're going to attack the Israelite people. The Assyrians were ruthless. You know, they would put an anchor in your jaw so they could lead you about by your jaw, and they were ruthless people, and the Israelites were scared. And so they said, and and Isaiah kind of goes through that, and it says that they went to Egypt then for the support of their Calvary, because of their fear in this. In Isaiah 30, 1 through 2, and then zip into 15 through 16, it says, Ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan but not mine, who make an alliance but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking my direction to take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh and seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. And then on to 15. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. You were unwilling and you said, no, I will flee upon the horses, therefore you shall flee. And we will ride upon swift steeds, therefore your pursuers shall be swift. And I bring that up because, you know, when we try to rely in on that pushing forward and doing, we are pursuing our own plan, not his. The next one is that we explore it. We explore the possibility that this might be something that is for us. And I'm gonna kind of display the fallacy of that logic here with a couple other commandments, actually. And so it would be similar to say if an employee or as an employee, or as an employee, you said, you know, today I think that I'm gonna explore the possibility of not stealing from my employer today. I'm gonna consider it, I'm not gonna guarantee it, but it's possible that I might not steal today. Or another one is that with your kids, they say your kids come and they say, hey, mom and dad, you know, you're doing good, I appreciate you. Today, I'm gonna make a concerted effort to honor you. I can't guarantee it. Who knows how this is going to play out by the end of the day, but I'm going to make a considerate effort to just give it a try. I'm just going to explore the possibility of honoring you today. Or another one is where a spouse would say, I'm going to explore the idea of not committing adultery. Go to your spouse and say, hey, today I'm going to explore this idea. I'm not going to commit adultery. I can't guarantee it. Who knows how the day will pan out, but I'm going to just see how this goes. And I'm sure your spouse would say, Man, I'm so proud of you, honey. That is so romantic. I appreciate that a lot. And so we try to explore this idea and we say, "Well, I'll try the sabbath, but if it doesn't work out, we'll see we'll just see how it goes." And the last one is is that we adore it. I'm going to spend the most of our time here. Now, as a person you can fall there's three subcategories here for adore it. And the first one is, is that when you you truly adore it and you truly do live this out in a way that God has convicted you of, that's beautiful. Thank you for doing that. Please teach the rest of us. If that is you, please do. Because I, this is an area that I am particularly weak in. Another one is that, so you have that kind of knife blade that you walk across. And I believe there are people who do and do it well. I'm not one of them. But you walk across this thin rope and then many other people fall on one side or the other of this one of them is that they over idolize or over legalize the day okay so they say it's on this particular day and on this particular day i'm not going to do this 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 or this and i think that through you know through matthew and through many other new testament verses we see that that's over legalizing of it is not the heart of god in this on the other side of it is that i see this more now today than i have really ever in my lifetime and that is a, a desire to have more rest than is our due. I don't want to work more than da, 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 da. that in and of itself isn't, I don't think is bad. I really don't. But there's a heart that needs to be examined and, and really you can examine it. And, and I'd again encourage you guys to talk inside of your groups or talk, talk to whoever just to kind of like get this conversation started about, man, where am I? Where am I falling in this? I think that, you know, when we talk about one side or the other, we can easily exemplify how, and I think we understand the Pharisees' faulty logic in terms of it being a specific day and we couldn't do certain things. You know, there was, was about 800 meters, about roughly, 800 meters that in that time was an additional rule that they put on the Sabbath. And so you could walk about 800 meters and if you were one beyond that, boom you had just violated the Sabbath and I, I think that that's that's not the heart. That's not where you know Jesus very clearly states that that's not the heart And I think what we what we want to find then is we want to find what is his heart What does he want us to see? Now I think I see it similar to like tithing okay and giving. Now tithing in, it is in the Old Testament is something about is about giving ten percent, and then there's an offering beyond that. The heart of it, and what we see in the New Testament is that the heart of it is so that you give up everything. It's so that your heart doesn't hold on to anything, and that you live in a in light of dependence on the Lord. Now my wife and I fell into this thing that was very was hard to get out of, where we would give, and then we'd find our we found ourselves living independent from the Lord on the remainder of what we were giving. So we would give such and such an amount and then it's like, awesome, check, done, move on and then live on this. It causes, we had to take a moment and say, man, we are living independent from the Lord in our finances on the remainder. And we weren't seeking the Lord in terms of that. And that was something that the Lord had to work on us about. And I believe the Sabbath is a similar heart to that. When we, it's, but it has to do with our time. So it's a speed bump in the road, the speed bump in the week where you have to slow down. Otherwise you're going to wreck your car. And so you're going to, you have to slow down, but it isn't just to slow down, just to slow down. It's not to slow down so that we can cruise on Facebook or on Netflix or even play games or do this, that, or the other thing with our family. It's a moment, just like in creation, where we can step back and say, God, you are so good. Look what you have done. Look at your goodness. Look at your grace. Now, I think you can do that. You can do that part and watch movies and play games and have fun with your kids. I think you can do that, but you can't do that. But by by doing that, you're not necessarily worshiping the Lord God, maker of heaven and earth. And so I want to encourage you guys to think about that. Think about what ways that you might struggle in, in doing that in in terms of finding rest in the Lord, not finding rest in things, or stuff, or doing, or whatever it is. And again, those things aren't bad, but they are not good if we're not doing it in light of who Christ is. Isaiah 58 13 says, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, If you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. It's not easy. It's not easy to do that. And something that I was drawn to, a verse that I've known for most of my life, a particular word stood out to me that I never really paid attention to, and it's in Psalms 23. And it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Most of us know this who have been in the church for any period of time. Uh, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me by the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But the thing that stood out to me is it says, he makes me to lie down by green pastures. I never realized that. I just thought that we did it, I guess. But like he makes us, he forces us. It's something that we don't do inherently. It's not something that we like to do. We don't like to lay down by green pastures. We wanna look at our work and say, man, look what I've done. Look what I'm doing. And we don't like to rest in that. Jesus, once again, is our perfect example of this and what it looks like today. In Matthew chapter 12, And I would really, again, it's a huge section that talks about the Sabbath rest that I encourage you guys to look through. We don't have time to go through that today, but what he does say in it is that he is Lord of the Sabbath, which implies that he is God and creator of everything. And he declares that the Sabbath is made for us, not us for the Sabbath. We were not designed for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was designed for us. And so we get to see it in there. And Jesus transforms what the traditional standpoint looked like at that time, where it's a time to slow down and focus on the Lord, slow down to focus on him, to give glory to him, and not to judge one another in terms of how they may do it or not do it. So I don't want us to go, as a church body, I don't want us to go down that road where we start to look at one another and say, well, you're doing it that way, and I'm not sure that's the right way to do that, and da-da-da-da-da, and I think it should be this day, or I should be that, we're not gonna do that. But instead, we're gonna rejoice with one another in who God is, rejoice with one another with who he is. Now, some people land in the camp that the Sabbath has real no significance for believers today. And I personally have not fallen in that camp. I don't believe that that's true. I believe that like many things in the Old Testament, it is a shadow of what is to come. Many things, if you look through the Old Testament, you'll see that it is a shadow of what's to come. That doesn't mean that it's in and of itself is no longer applicable. It just means that it isn't the fullness of what it will be. And so the the Sabbath is similar to that, I believe, where it is a shadow of what the rest that we will have in heaven with the Lord forever. It is a rest that we'll be able to have in him where we nestle up underneath him and just find peace. And Hebrews alludes to this. It doesn't use the term shadow for it, but it talks similar to it, that in verse 9, it says a Sabbath rest still awaits for God's people, and it'll be fulfilled on the final day when, when believers rest from earthly labors. And the Sabbath then points to the final rest for people, for God's people. Since we're not there yet, we get to experience a shadow of that, where we slow down where we stop and that we get to focus on who the Lord is. And that does not mean by any means that that's the only day that we focus on him. Just like with our tithe, where we give X amount of dollars and then we check off the box and we say, boom, done, got it. But it's an opportunity then for us to slow down with our finances so that we can live dependently on the Lord for the remainder. It reminds us to live dependent on him for everything else. And the Sabbath is the same way, slow down, Enjoy the day, enjoy his creation, enjoy time with your family, enjoy games with them, do whatever it is that you find rest in with him at the center so that the rest of the time that you are through the week, it helps remind you to slow down. That speed bump is abrupt. When you are cruising and cranking at 150 miles an hour, boom, you hit that speed bump, it's abrupt, it's hard, but do it. And it will force you to slow down the rest of the week too. You'll have to, you can't get 150 miles an hour between speed bumps. So I really would encourage you guys to, to kind of talk through your groups, talk through with other people, talk through in your side of your families, what this might look like to, today for you guys, to begin to slow down, to begin to honor the Sabbath in such a way that you stop and you center on him and look what he has done. He is good and he is worthy of our praise. Now, lastly, is that I want you guys to think about how to do that. There's a lot of different things out there, and there's some good books out there that kind of talk about various things, but I'm just going to give you a a starting point, a point for you guys to just launch off of. Inside of Matthew, right before he talks about the Sabbath rest, Jesus Christ tells us how to begin that Sabbath rest, how to begin to rest in him. I'm gonna call the band back up here. But what he talks about, and this is something that I want us to think about as as believers in Jesus Christ as the Savior and as Lord of our lives. And for those of you that don't yet know him, I want us to think about what this verse says. And it's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Again, this is right before Jesus says he is Lord of the Sabbath. Come to me, all who labor, And are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light i think that this is so important that i'm going to read it a couple of times and i want us to if if closing your eyes will help you then close your eyes if it doesn't that's fine too this is the god of the universe speaking Come to me all you who are who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light Jesus says here Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and your burden is light. And for those of us that know him, let that be the starting point of our Sabbath. Let that be the starting point of this discussion for our families, that we would discuss from that point of view first and foremost. And for those that don't yet know the God of the universe yet in this way, please know that that verse is the author, that's the beginning, that is the starting point of everything that we believe. Jesus Christ is the Lord of our souls. He is all deserving of who, of all of our praise. He's deserving of all glory and all honor. He is great and magnificent and he created all things and he holds all things together, yet his yoke is easy and he is gentle. Father God, I ask that you would be with us today, that you would help us to receive you in a deeper way, that our hearts would be transformed, that we would Chase after you, and that we would nestle up under your arm and under your wing. And whatever is going on in our hearts, whether it be anger or sadness or whatever it is, or that we a a, a desire to work or desire to get through whatever situation is going on, Lord, that we would rest in you. That you are our provider. You are our uh, vindicator, Lord. You are um, our goodness and our grace, Lord. You are the reconciler. You are our counselor, Lord. That you are. Are everything. And Lord, I ask for help in slowing down on a regular basis to recognize those facts about you. in Your holding in. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit revolution22.org. We encourage you to not neglect meeting together as believers. And may you continue to love God and love others.